Hello and welcome along to the Property Academy podcast by Opus Partners. I'm your host, Tim Knight. And I'm Andrew Nicole. It's our show. We're talking about designing for dollars, all about interior design for investment properties. And we are so pleased to welcome along a guest for the show, Narina Kata, who is an interior designer. Narina, welcome along to the show. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to be here. Now, give us a wee bit of an overview about your experience renovating properties, because I know you've done quite a bit. Yes, I've been interior designing properties for about four years now. I think I did my first one in 2019, and I actually started out just doing it for myself, and then people started reaching out, and you know they were wondering if I can help them with designing their investment properties or flips, and that's how I kind of started having clients, actually, and Now, most of my clients are property investors and I either just create like an interior design scheme for them or I also project manage for them sometimes as well. So I do both. I think the cool thing about you, Noreen, is you've actually managed the building and the the whole project of flips as well as doing the interiors for it. So I think that's got some pretty valuable experience there. Yeah, because sometimes the design aspect can be impractical. Correct. That was the word I was looking for. And what do you think the impact of having a good interior designer is? What are you trying to achieve? I am essentially trying to achieve a wow effect so that potential tenants or buyers get emotionally attached to the property because eventually that will maximise the investment for my client because tenants will want to live in the property longer. They're willing to pay more rent for it. The potential buyers are happy to pay a little bit more money because they love the property and it increases the value of the property. And that's essentially what I'm trying to do with all my designs. Which is really interesting because as an investor, often I might be, if I was going to do a renovation, I'm looking for the cheapest possible way to get in and out of that project as quickly as possible. But you're thinking about the wow factor. So that's maybe going a bit above and beyond and spending a little bit more money to get a lot more impact. A hundred percent. But then in saying that you don't want to be emotionally attached to the property, you want to make the tenant or the potential buyer attached to it. Because if you get attached to the property, then you might overcapitalize and you want to make sure that you're getting a good return on your investment. And exactly, it's sometimes hard to find that balance between spending a little bit more and getting much more back rather than spending way too much. And I think that's where I can come in because I've done this multiple times now. We've had great results. And as you said before, I know you know how houses build. I understand the plumbing. I understand the building. So I can create designs that kind of align with minimal plumbing work or minimal building work. So just to keep the cost down, but then still create that special extra flair. So thinking about creating that wow factor, what sort of things would an investor do to their property to create that? There are different things that I look out for. It's probably looking at the kitchen and the bathroom first, because when someone walks in, that can really create a wow effect. If you have a nice bathroom or a nice kitchen that's newly renovated or looks like it's newly renovated, then people are impressed and they're like, oh, I don't need to do any work to this. I can just move in and live here or I can, you know, buy this and don't need to do any work. And I think the main difference to buying a house for yourself that you want to live in is you don't want to go overboard. So for example, a bathroom You know, if you're buying a house for yourself, you want to live in that, you are happy to maybe tile all four walls in the floor and create that high-end looking product. However, for an investment property, you still want to use tiles because it makes the bathroom look more high-end, but you might only want to tile one wall or a splashback or maybe a floor in a wall, but not the whole bathroom. So I think there's 
the difference between the properties that you are investing in and the properties that you're living in. So tiling's one thing that investors can do to create that wow factor. What are some of the other things that some of the investors you'd work with would do to their properties to create that? I think that colour is a good one. So what I go for a lot of the time is I dare to use colour, but I stick with the neutral ranges. So for example, I just recently designed a home where I used a soft green in the kitchen and the laundry and the entrance. And I got really good feedback from that. People do appreciate when you try something different. I do think that a lot of the time property investors and, you know, property flippers. <laughs> that half shell white or whatever it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, what is Black white. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they always go for it and they do everything in white. And I think they're scared because they think, oh, what if the buyer doesn't like it or the, you know, the tenant doesn't like it? No, they do. Because you're still sticking to neutral colours and you're actually creating a cosy, warm atmosphere and environment that they want to live in. So I would totally stay away from really bright colours or pattern wallpapers. Because, for example, if you were painting a room bright red or bright yellow or something, first of all, that doesn't age well. And second of all, it also creates like you almost feel anxious if you walk in a red room because that has actually shown to like increase the heart rate and the blood pressure. So therefore, you're not creating an environment that people would want to be in for a long amount of time. So I think it's important to stick to neutral colours, but do dare to use colour. And is that so that if everybody else, every other investor is doing just white, 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 having something that's just a teensy bit different actually sticks in someone's mind. You know, maybe you've done a flip and you've put green in there, then the customer is looking around at five open homes and, you know, everybody else is white and Oh, yeah, yeah, the one with the green walls. Yeah, that was quite nice. I liked that one. Is that kind of the thing that we're going for? A hundred percent. And people do come back to me or to the real estate agents and that that gets back to me that people walk in and they're like, oh, this is a really nice renovation. And that's leverage because people want to live in your home. They want to buy your home. They want to stay in your home for longer. And also, a lot of the time, the things don't even cost more. The paint color is still the same cost. And also whether you use a white vanity or like one with a wood grain finish that creates so much more warmth to a space and coziness that still costs the same or about the same. So you're not actually spending that much more necessarily. And so what are some of the things that you've tried, colours or otherwise, that you just won't do again? The biggest mistake I've made was actually on my first project. I didn't have a lot of experience. experience. And I designed a kitchen. So the colours were fine, but I realized that I didn't put enough storage into the kitchen. So people were coming back to me saying, hey, the pantry is not big enough. There's not enough cabinet space. And I actually then, it was a huge learning curve for me because I realized, hey, functionality of a space is so important. So I think for tenants or potential buyers, you know, storage is a big one. So you do want to make sure you have a lot of kitchen cabinets, storage or laundry storage or wardrobes as well. So that's important. So I think that was a big, yeah, big learning curve for me. And what about something that you've tried and you think that works, I'm doing that all the time? I think that just goes back to just using something different that's not white and using feature lighting. So above a kitchen bench, just putting, you know, um, a couple of pretty lights there that just creates so much warmth to space. And it's just a point of difference. People walk in and they like it. And as I said, it doesn't need to be the craziest colours. I wouldn't do that at all, especially if you're renting or selling. But try to stay away from just doing it all the same colour. It just is cold. It brings a cold atmosphere to the room and people don't feel at home. 
And I know as well that you're not suggesting that we go out and spend lots and lots and lots of extra money to create that wow factor. This is about a couple of small things to create the memorable parts, whether it be a bit of a, a nice chandelier or, you know, some sort of feature lighting. Like, <laughs> why are you laughing? A chandelier? You know, is that what we call it? Well, you know? Yeah, I know, but I don't a know. Hanging, the sh- a hanging light with a pendant. A pendant. Don't do the chandelier. That would be overcapitalizing. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, I'm going to go put a chandelier go in my mind now. Go for it. It's a big crystal thing. You know, and uh, a little bit of green paint on the wall. Oh, we're way laughing. Okay, the wow factor. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've got any case studies that you can think of where your intervention has really helped improve the value of a property for a flip or something like that? Yeah, I'm thinking of a particular project that was a flip. It was a pretty rundown house, so we renovated everything. We pretty much did everything from scratch, like new cladding and new flooring and everything was new. And that property had a single garage attached to it, but it actually already had a double garage on the property. So what we decided to do was to turn that single garage into a master with an ensuite and a large wardrobe. So that increased the value of the house. You had that extra bedroom, the extra bathroom. And if you wanted to rent it out, you know, you could get more rent for it. So I think they bought the house for $320,000. They spent about $250,000 on it and they sold it for $850,000, which was about $100,000 more than what they expected. So that was a really good investment. It's great. And do you have a sense of, if you want to do some of what you're talking about, bit of extra lighting, different colour paint, that kind of stuff. How much extra does it cost to do that kind of stuff compared to if you're doing a standard reno? To create the extra flair, I'd say you need about 5 to 10% on top of your original reno budget for a rental and maybe a little bit more up to 15% on top of your original reno budget for a flip. Yeah, okay. So if you were spending 50k on a flip, for instance, then you might say, hey, you probably want to allocate an extra seven and a half grand for a bit more flair. That probably sounds worth it. If you're thinking about creating it a little bit more different, could you get an extra 20 grand out of somebody by having it be slightly different? I think you probably would in many cases. Or even if you can get another 10, but your time to sell is a lot faster because you get a quicker offer, a quicker settlement potentially, and there's less holding costs. You're going to remember that as well. Yeah, because we're saying we've got interest costs in that case. And again, it's about little things to stick in someone's mind and differentiate your property to a small degree. And are you seeing any particular trends at the moment that are really popular for property investors? To be honest, I don't see a lot of design trends and like the current, you know, rental properties in particular. I think that especially for when someone is renovating a house, an old house, and they want to rent it out, you know, it's a minimal spend. The design, you know, the product in the end is very average. It's better with new builds, but a lot of the time, again, the design is a little bit boring. So I do think that investors end up leaving a lot of money on the table because they don't maximize the investment by, you know, just thinking about the design process a little bit more. And so this is where if you've got a, say you bought a new build 15 years ago and you've got the basic half T white, that was what it was called. <laughs> and you get the half T white, well, that was completely normal. Maybe now when you're going to go sell it and maybe buy a new rental property, now's the time to maybe do some of those things like spruce it up a little bit and then add a little bit of flair so that you get a good return on your investment when you sell the property. And for a property investor just starting out, you know, maybe considering a bit of a redesign, you know, what's one piece of advice you'd, you'd want them to take away from this conversation? I think 
thinking about the end goal and thinking about your potential tenant or potential buyers, how do I get them attached, emotionally attached to my property? That is a question I think that's very important to create a property, a product that you're proud of, but also that the tenants want to live in for a long amount of time that they're happy to pay a little bit more rent for, or if you want to sell it, that you can increase the value and get more money for the property in the end. So I think it's a win-win if you just add that little bit of extra money because it will give you so much more out of it in the end. Yeah, that's probably a good question. Obviously a very basic, very obvious one, but what's the wow factor in your property? You know, what's the one thing that's a little bit different about your property compared to others? And I know there are ones in my portfolio, so I've got no bloody idea. Oh, I can't say that. Exactly. There's, any, there's none of mine. You know, there's no, there's no oh, the fr- Where's the, fr- the chandelier? Where's the chandelier? I need the wow factor. But then once you've experienced it once and once you've maybe taken someone on board who knows a little bit about design, they can help you with understanding what the buyer wants or the tenant wants. And I think then you wouldn't want to go back. So, for example... I recently just designed a house for someone who wanted to flip it and they never consulted a designer before. And we went through the property at first and they kind of, you know, they kind of told me what they had in mind and they just didn't want to do anything to the kitchen really. You know, they were thinking of painting the cabinets but kind of leaving it as it was. And they used the same vinyl and the same carpet on all of their investment properties. And then I kind of giving them a little bit of, you know, advice on the different colors and I actually designed a kitchen for them as well it was a budget kitchen but it was still it looked really good and I think they spend about $25,000 more and they got an offer $100,000 more than what they originally wanted and I think that just speaks for itself absolutely especially around flips you can see the value of this because it's about creating the emotional connection with the homeowner and I really like what you're saying about, no, don't bother tiling the whole bathroom. Just do a little bit. Create that emotional connection. You know, make it feel high-end, even if it didn't cost you significantly more to do it, because that's where you'll get that that offer come through. And what does it co- cost to you, someone like yourself? It always depends on the property, the location of the property, because it always kind of depends on what do you want. Do you just want my design service or also project management service? what kind of areas the property in, what location, what suburb, that always makes a difference because high-end design takes more work for me, so I charge a little bit more than low-end design. Yeah, yeah, exactly, and it depends on the size of the house as well. So usually I do, I go to the property, I talk to the client, and then I kind of make a quote, put a quote out based on that. But what sort of prices have you charged investors over the last six months? Just so we could get a sense of, is it, is it 10 grand, is it one grand, is it 100 grand? So for lower end renovation, three bedroom house, but new kitchen, new bathroom, I charge fifteen hundred plus GST. It's cheap. You need to increase your prices. I oh, know. And I charge ten percent <laughs> for pushing the price up. No. <laughs> to, to be honest, I've like really struggled with that because in the beginning I worked for a property investor and they would use me on all their projects and we had like a like an agreement. But it depends a little bit on the, maybe better. So what happens is I charge based on the renovation price. So if the renovation price is between zero and $50,000, I charge two and a half K plus GST. If it's between 50 and 100, I charge five plus GST. And then it goes up depending on the rental budget. Yeah. Still very reasonable. 
Now, what I should always mention is we never take money from guests to come on the show. We get them on because we think they do a good job. And I think Narina being one of the only interior designers I've come across that focuses solely on property investors is, is pretty special. Though, of course, there probably will be some, some online. I should probably just Google it. But as I've been searching around, Narina, I notice you don't have a website. So if people were interested, how do they get in touch with you? I do have an Instagram. So I put all my contact details, my email on my Instagram. That is nmk underscore interiors. So you can contact me, DM me, email me. Yeah, that. cool. So if you want to check out what Nuria's about, you can go jump on the Instagram. And of course, while you're there, you should go to Opus underscore partners and follow us <laughs> up there as well. <laughs> right, let's wrap it up there. But please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help us get the message out to more people. And of course, Andrew and I are coming to Wellington, Christchurch and Auckland for our Wealth Plan Tour. We're doing a series of in-person events. We'd love to see you there. Our early bird sale is still on. Go to opuspartners.co.nz slash tickets or links down in the show notes. Thanks for listening to the Property Academy podcast. I'm your host, Steve McKnight. And I'm Andrew Nicholl. We're going to be back again tomorrow with even more daily strategies, tactics, and insights to help you get the most out of the New Zealand property market. Until next time.